0: The empty mainder promise of a son that would be born, um, the empty cross promise of the ultimate sacrifice. And last week we did the empty grave, the promise of Christ rising and leaving that empty grave behind. And this week we do the promises of God, which is all of them, and how it connects with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Um, Which is standard for me. Uh, What I I typically do is I like to have some definitions to work around. Um, And so I'm going to give you a definition, but um, you probably know this definition. So I'm going to ask it. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Give me a definition for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we were we are dead in our sins, and while we're still there—not that we've corrected anything, fixed anything—while we're still dead, dead, dead in our sins, God promised His Son um, to correct that issue and bring us back to Him. In a sense, is what you said. Um, the definition I have it is the good news. Um, it is the news of the coming of the kingdom of God and of Jesus's death on the cross and resurrection to restore peoples relationship with God. Again, it is the good news. It is the news of the coming of Jesus, God's kingdom, and then also Jesus' death um, on the cross and resurrection to restore people's relationship with him. Uh, The verse that we read or all said kind of sums it all up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so what I'd like to do today is we're going to break down the gospel according to that verse. And we're going to look at uh, four different, actually five different things um, concerning that. And the first, um, I'll list them all for you. The first is the danger. Um, in that verse, the design in that verse, the duty in that verse, and the destiny in that verse. And then the last point that I had for that is the connection. And we'll make a connection to the promises of God and the gospel at the end. And first we have the danger. The danger is perishing or prospering. And so, yes, I did say that word, prosper. And we're going to talk about some prosperity and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to perish or be perishing? Perishing means to suffer death, typically in a violent, sudden, or untimely way, or to suffer complete ruin or destruction. Prospering means to succeed, flourish, and grow Uh, monetarily, financially, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. So we know the story of um, the Bible. We know the story from Genesis that God created that perfect world um, and then sin entered. When sin entered, sin created a, I want to say a dichotomy, split it in half, maybe? No. Sure, whatever. It's split it in half. So you have a choice. You are either going to be perishing or you're going to be prospering. I'm going to break that down for you so you understand. Sin, death, brokenness, all of those things, would you say those things are something that are prospering? Or are they perishing? They're perishing things. Life, health, godliness, Holiness, righteousness, all those things are prospering things. So when sin entered the world, that's the break that happened. We we are either perishing or we're prospering. Those are the two things that are happening. We're prospering in God and Christ or we are perishing and we're on our way to death and hell. And so the danger in this verse is for God to love the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, shall have eternal life, prospering, shall not perish. So you're moving toward prospering or you are perishing if you're not believing in Christ. And so that's the danger in this verse. Um, I have some other verses. So if you could crack open your word of God with me, uh, Romans 6, 23, Romans 6, 23, man, I really miss my hard copy of the Bible. Yeah. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23 talks about eternal life, which is prospering. The wages of sin is death, perishing. Romans 10.13 Romans 10.13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation, being taken out of the mess that we're in, is actually prospering. Complete destruction, loss, is perishing. John 5.23. Sorry, I'm having you go all over the place today. Um, but I think we need to see these verses here, these verses. Uh, feel free to read the context in, in them at a, at a later date. Um, but I just want to make sure that we're, we're grabbing a hold of Scripture here. John 5:24. John 5:24 says, "Truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment." But has passed from death to life. And so, again, those who hear the words of God um, have eternal life, which is prospering, and judgment and death is perishing. So, the first point, danger, is either prospering or per- perishing or prospering. Um, the second one is the design. And so, God's design is love. God sent his Son. So loved the world that he sent his son. And so we see that in John 16, so that we wouldn't have to perish. God sent his son. Uh, John 15, 9 through 17. John 15, 9 through 17. This is Christ-like love. John 15, 9 through seven says, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in me. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this. Than to lay down his life for his friends, you are my friend. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any more, because a servant does not know what his master is doing. I have called you my friend, because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I have commanded you. Love one another. There is no greater love than the sacrifice that God, that Christ um, gave, gave his life for us. There is no greater love than that. And this was all part of God's design to um, bring us out of the perishing life that we have. Romans 5. Let's go back to Romans. Romans 5.8. I promise I'm going to get through the scripture and then we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit here. Um, Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 is, but God proves his love, his own love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Um, God, God continues to show his love um, in the fact that he sent his son um, to us. And then Romans five 20, I'm sorry, Romans 5, 2 and 2 through 5. Romans 5, 2 through 5. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know the afflictions produce endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope will never disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who gave us, he gave to us. So God gave us the Holy Spirit um, for love, um, and that is the design. So to to get us away from that danger, the perishing that we have, God gave his love, and that was the design. (coughs) We then have a duty. There's something that is required in that verse. And so it says, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, I grew up in Christian church in King James Version, so that's the one that I know, but whosoever believed, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so there's a, a believing. The duty is the believing. John 3, I'm going to read John 3, 12 through 16, so we can go around that verse a little bit and see what else is there. So John 3, verses 12 through 16. This is Jesus. Um, He's talking with Nicodemus. Remember, Nicodemus came to him, had some questions for him, had some concerns. And Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here um, in this verse. And he says to Nicodemus in verse 12, um, I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe. How will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so the duty um, is actually believing in God, believing those things. Uh, Romans 10, um, verses 9 through 10. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. It says that if we confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. So God's love then leads us to a belief and a confession. God's love necessitates action, confession and belief. That is, no other. there is no other way to escape from perishing, but to believe the sacrifice that Christ gave for our perishing life. There is no other way but through Christ. Um, and that confession, that belief, and the love and the sacrifice that Christ gave, Gave leads us to destiny, and that's the life everlasting, the eternal life, the life lived, the life abundantly. He came to give us life, and that life abundantly. So, John 10.10. John 10.10. John 10.10 says, a thief comes. Only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have life in abundance. A few pages over, John 14, verses 1 through 3. John 14, verses 1, 2, 1 through 3 says this, um, and this is the way to the Father. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. And so that's God preparing a place for us. And if you are wondering what that place looks like, we can go head over to Revelations. And Revel, see, I did that. I was going to bring that up. It's a great point. Revelation is revelation with no S on the end. I've always said Revelations. (laughs) And as I was reading Scripture today, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." And I just, I'm like, "Oh, I just said Revelations." I told myself I wasn't going to do that. But um, so Revelation. Uh, verse, chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, Um, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 7, reads as follows, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from every eye. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He also said, "Write, write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And so the destiny in the gospel of Jesus Christ um, is that we have life. We have life abundantly here while we're on earth, and we have life, a future life. And so we move towards the connection. And so we've been talking about the promises of God, and over the past couple weeks, I've been battling a little bit. I've been battling with the fact that um, these promises um, these promises are for us as believers. Um, and so I hold on to these promises. Um, These promises are huge for me. A lot of you, these promises are huge for you. The greatest promise that we have is the promise of salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, So, as I've been thinking through this and thinking, okay, all of us have these promises, all of us have been given these promises, um, but are these promises really just for us alone? what then we do we do with these promises? It's great that we can go through this series, and it's great when we can say, you know what? I can trust God. I can lean into God. I can believe him at his word. You know what? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. You know what? He'll be there for me when I'm in tr- trouble and suffering. All of those things. We can hold on to all of those things, but is it really just for us? Is there more to these promises? And so what I what concerned me is what I noticed is that... Um, In Christian culture, a lot of times we do not speak about God and what God is doing in our lives and the promises that he's given us. And so when you look at the divide of perishing and our lives that are prospering in God, we're constantly talking to people who are perishing, who have no hope, who have no future, who have um, their their end is is hell and damnation. That's what their end is. Um, And we sit and talk to them about everything under the sun while we're prospering. They're perishing. We're prospering. We continue to talk to them about everything under the sun. And so I was sitting and thinking and saying, okay, who is it in my life? Who do I know that is perishing? I hang out with a lot of people from church and all those things, and and I consider their lives to be prospering because of the work that God has done in their life. Um, But I have family members who I see that the conversations go more like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How's this? How's that? How's the kids? How's the... All of those things. And we sit and we talk about the movies and we talk about the sports and we talk about the house and the bills and all of those things. We talk about all of those things. Meanwhile, that person sitting across from me perishing. And so as I was thinking, I'm like, man, the people at work... The lady Helen in Wawa I talk to every morning when I go and get my coffee. Justin, you know who I'm talking about. Um, who I don't know if she believes in Jesus Christ or not. But it's, hey, how's your morning? Great, good, good, great. God, God, all of these things. And at the end of the day, she could be perishing and I'm prospering. And so, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, I am not going to read it uh, for you, but Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, last week we talked, Jesus rose, he saw the disciples, and when he left, he left and said, be disciples spread the word, the good news, spread the gospel. That is the great commission. That is what God has called us to be doing with our lives. God has said, hey, listen, listen to me carefully. I snatched your life from perishing and set you on a track that is prospering. All I'm asking is that you then share the word, pass the word on to others who are perishing. That looks differently for each person. I'm not going to give you a uh, a one, two, three step, a uh, ABC step, uh, whatever. The question that hit home for me and I, I was working through was, okay, great. I know a lot about the people in my life. I do. I know about their kids. I know about... I know about their jobs. I know about their cars. I know about their favorite sports teams. I know all of those things. Um, I even know some of them attend church. I know some of them go Christmas and Easter. I know some of them, all of those things. I know all of those things. The question for me is, What am I walking them towards life in Christ? Is that what I'm doing with them? Not that I need to have an agenda with them at all times, but I, I should always be saying, Is this person perishing or is this person prospering? This person is perishing. I should be sharing a little bit more out of my life of the prosperity that God has given to me. There is your prosperity gospel. It is not come to Christ and you'll get money and all those things. It is when you come to Christ, God promises an abundant life, promises that you will suffer, but you will suffer not alone. He promises he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's where the prosperity is at. And so as I look around and as I talk to people and as I all those things, the goal should be to say, is this person, what track is this person on? Is this person perishing or is this person prospering? if they're perishing, I need to actually say, okay, how can I help them see the truth from the word of God that there is no other option for you? You either perish and you're on your way to hell or you prosper and you're on your way to eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's the two options. Um, and so I wanted to to bring that up and end our series on the promises of God on that, because I felt that, um, we as Christians, tend to skip over the sharing of the things that God is doing in our life. We'll share them in this circle. We'll share about, oh, here's how God's working. Here's what God's doing and all of those things. When it comes to someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, we don't share those things. We don't share how great our God is, how how magnificent he is, all the works that he's doing, how he saved us. We don't share those things. We don't share how, you know what, I was really struggling here and, I picked up the Bible and God said these things in his scripture, and this is how he ministered to me. We don't share those things with people who are unbelieving. Um, and so with that, um, we will shift towards a respond. And I had two questions. Um, I don't know everyone in this room fully, and so it would be a huge, 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 huge mistake to talk about perishing and, prom- and prospering without actually saying, you know what, are you perishing? Have you actually become a believer in Jesus Christ? Do you know who he is? If you do not, there are people in this room who would love to love to love to have that conversation with you to help you walk towards the track of prospering in Jesus Christ. Um, We would not want anyone to not have access to Christ and not be prospering. Uh, The other question is for the believer. Where is your gospel? Where is it at? what are you doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you silent about God's promises? Are you silent about the things of God that God is doing in your life with those that are already prospering and those that aren't? Cause a lot of times we are even silent with those in the church. Like, Hey, here's what God did. We're like, oh, okay, I'm not even going to say that or whatever. No, you, you should be sharing. You should be saying these things. Um, what are you going to do with your prosperous life? What are you going to do with it? Are, are you just going to live it for you? Are you going to live it for um, those who already understand what the prosperous life is in Jesus Christ? Or are you going to actually share it with those who don't know and actually be a, be a part of the Great Commission of the Gospel of Jesus Christ? So um, I'm going to leave us there. I, I, would, I was short on purpose because I know that majority of them understands the Gospel of Jesus Christ. majority of us understand it, and I, I don't need to really beat us up over it. I think the point is very simple. God has promised us tons of things. God has set us on a track of abundant life. God has set us on a track um, towards life eternal, eternal life with him. God has also promised that those who do not believe are perishing and they are going for a life um, eternal without him. And so, that's where it really sits. It sits with that and saying, either we're going to be about the Great Commission as believers in Jesus Christ, and we're going to take our prosperous life and say, I want to share with that person who is not prospering, who is perishing, and, and, and be a part of the Great Commission, or I'm just going to be about my prosperous life. And I believe that is not the direction that we should head. So I will give you guys sometime. Um, I, I sat with this for a while. I'll give you guys some time to sit with this. Um, I'll play a little bit. We have one last song. Um, and then we will move on to our family meeting. So spend some time in prayer.